The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 27th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Guadalupe's Mexican Grill kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. In 2023, the Fighting Irish have feasted on home cooking. But during the Marcus Freeman era, that has not always been the case. And not to dredge up any difficult memories, but for most of 2022, the Irish struggled to defend their home turf. Recall lackluster performances last year against Cal and UNLV, and of course, truly bad showings in defeat at the hands of Stanford and Marshall. Ouch. But since that loss to Stanford last season, the Irish have defended their home turf quite well, thank you. The home field role started when Indy reeled off two dominant victories at the end of last year against Clemson and Boston College. And it continued in 2023. Tennessee State, Central Michigan, Ohio State, USC, Pittsburgh, and last week, Wake Forest. Five and one at home. The one blot on the record, the loss to the Buckeyes. By near any measure, though, that was an excellent performance that unfortunately had a devastating conclusion. But none of the other games were even close. In fact, since losing to Stanford in mid-October 2022, the Irish have outscored their opponents at home 351-85. to The defense has given up a scant eight touchdowns in six games at home this season. That's good football. But with losses at Louisville and Clemson and a by-the-skin-of-your-teeth win over Duke, and the story on the road in 2023 has not been nearly like the one at home. Indy travels to Palo Alto to close out the 2023 regular season this week against 3-8 Stanford, and they are hoping to take a little home cooking with them. Guadalupe's Mexican Grill, now with locations on Illinois, Leo, and DuPont Roads, and in Georgetown Square. Guadalupe's Food Made Fresh. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority in Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, Senior Editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling, 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, it's the next generation of light beer. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! Flight by Yingling. It's the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. 
Available wherever beer is sold. DJ Yingling and Son Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, last week I thought it really was a, a fitting senior day. It, beautiful weather, first of all, that's that's for sure. Uh, and then a dominant win, most importantly. And, and do you agree that the Irish, uh, based upon that performance, have gotten their offense back on track in a positive way during the bye week? It seemed to pay benefits. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I wouldn't put the Wake Forest defense in the top four that Notre Dame has faced this year, but I would probably put them sixth behind. I mean, I think you know who the who four of them are. Number five for me would be NC State, and then probably Wake Forest. So, yeah, I think it was a strong performance. I don't know. I don't know that that guarantees anything carries over from one week to the next because it has been a very um, you know erratic offense. But it was good to see. It, and, and, and again, Phil, it took a while to get all of that put together. And it took a little bit of courage on Marcus Freeman's part to go for the onside kick in the second half. And that kept the momentum going. And once they really gained the momentum, they were able to score pretty regularly. But, uh, yeah, it was good to see. It was good for Sam Hartman to get, get, get going again with four touchdown passes. He does a great job of distributing the football to a lot of receivers. Steve Angeli came in and and continued what Hartman did. So yeah, it was good. They didn't they didn't dominate on the ground, but uh, Audrey Estime got to the hundred uh, yard mark, passed the one thousand yards, and it was a it was a good offensive performance against a, a good, not great uh, Wake Forest defense. Yeah, Sam Hartman, as you said, four TDs. He had two hundred seventy seven yards passing, and uh, even more impressive about the offense, the wide receivers finally had a big day. Rico Flores, eight catches, 102 yards. He becomes the first Notre Dame wide receiver in 24 games to exceed 100 yards. Jaden Greathouse, three for 71 and a TD. Jordan Faison, four for 39, a touchdown. And Tobias Merriweather, two catches, 44 yards, one TD. Tim, I kind of want to talk about Rico Flores, though, because I couldn't help but really be impressed by him and compelled by him in after his appearance in front of the media post came you know for a California kid he seems pretty happy and comfortable with his choice to play at Notre Dame and really a great fit talk about Rico Flores yeah he is uh you know he's really happy to be at Notre Dame he he looks at he looks at Notre Dame as a tremendous opportunity for him I, I think it's been that way since day one he's a happy optimistic football player that believes something good is going to happen, plays hard all the time. I think he has a, a really nice future ahead of him. He's going to be a, I think, easily, provided he stays healthy and sticks around, uh, easily a 100-catch career uh, for, for Rico Flores. I, I think we're just, we're just seeing the very beginning of what will be a, a real quality college career for him at Notre Dame. Um uh, can't say enough good things about him in terms of his approach, his appreciation of of Notre Dame, and just what he's been able to do in his rookie year on the football field. A, a humble kid, too. I asked what inspires him, and he just got this glow on his face. This was one of the questions from the media, and, and here's the quote, inspiration for me. I would say the people that I lost and the people that are in prison or jail that I got, my loved ones and where I come from. I ain't grow up sweet at all. But that's my drive. Just keep going for the people that can't and my family and my mom and little sister. I mean, just 
perfect fit, I think, for Notre Dame. Pretty incredible comment for a kid that's eighteen or nineteen years old. You, what were we talking about at that age, Tim? I don't. I don't think we need to go there. But <laughs> <laughs> probably not those things, Phil. No, they, he he's, he gets it at a very young age. Uh, and of course, Senior Day last week, of course, makes us think about the players that won't be back. And last week, we went kind of in depth on that. Uh, but what my question though gets to the uh, NIL factor, Tim, and and how much of a factor now is NIL money in the making of those decisions by players as to whether to come back? And any idea how much Sam Hartman made this year? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I you know I think NIL is at the forefront of just about everything now, and it's not just at Notre Dame; it's across the board in in FBS. Um, you know, there's money to be made, and each Notre Dame scholarship player gets a certain amount each year. Uh, that's that's guaranteed. And then, you know, there are negotiations that, that take place as, as uh, several, quite a few Notre Dame players have decisions to be made. And I do think that NIL sometimes will keep those players at Notre Dame because they see a sure thing for another year before they jump into, uh, you know, into trying to become a professional football player. Sam Hartman, I would hesitate to say that I have an exact dollar figure when you add it all up and NIL comes from from a few different sources. Um, and I'm pretty comfortable in saying that uh, Sam Hartman made a good seven figures this year. Seven figures, and that gets you to at least a cool million dollars. So NIL, obviously a big factor, and it's a factor in these decisions. I mean, you can go to the NFL uh, and take a chance, but if if it's not such a sure thing, continue your education, get more of a degree, and make a million dollars. Or obviously, he was a little exceptional in the amount he made, but you can make a good salary. Right, uh, Tim. Based upon what you've seen, how good do you think Steve Angeli is, and what are the chances that he's the starting quarterback next year? Well, he's shown himself very well, generally against backups. But I, you know, again, as I always say, when I look at film of of high school players going against inferior competition you have to focus in on the player and what he does and I think that he's he's played really well I think that he has prompted Notre Dame to be tempted to um, not go into the portal to get a quarterback Uh, but I don't I don't think the temptation is is great enough for them not to uh, continue to pursue people now if if that doesn't work out if they don't find the guy that they like Steve Angeli we'll have a chance. I kind of wish that it would come down to that, but I think I would rather, uh, I think all Notre Dame fans would rather see a, a quarterback that's established, that's proven success on the collegiate level. And I think that they will try to go that route. But again, if you can't find the right guy and you're not comfortable with it, and you know you have Angeli who's played well, Kenny Mitchie who you like, and C.J. Carr who you like, and Deuce Knight after that, um, you know, maybe you go that route. I would anticipate Notre Dame will have a grad transfer quarterback next year, as of right now, as we sit here right now. Well, that's what uh, Marcus Freeman has said they will be looking for. But, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of like to see Steve Angeli get a chance, but that's just not the way the game is played now. If you can get a good transfer quarterback uh, with a lot of experience, you do it. And besides quarterback, though, Tim, at what other positions do you think the Irish are most likely to look for transfer help in the offseason? Definitely defensive end. Uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste walks out the door. Not sure about, uh, you know, Jordan Botello coming back next year. Notre Dame is not 
you know, not not Osafa Mensa. We saw a lot of emotion after the game, so that seems to indicate that he won't be coming back for a sixth season. Um, you know, I mean, I like what a young Brennan Vernon offers, uh, a freshman who has played a little and is preserving a year of eligibility this year. Bubakar Treorau is 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 a is a guy that um, you know I think he undoubtedly is going to be in the mix next year. We know about Josh Burnham, Junior Tui Alamaka. I just don't think is going to be a significant contributor at that defensive end position as we move forward. So I think that's you know that's first and foremost. I mean you can you can jump around. They could they could probably use a defensive tackle depending upon what Howard Cross and Riley Mills do as it pertains to their careers. Um, you know, sa- safety, you can always get another safety. I, again, depending upon what Xavier Watts does, certainly a wide receiver or two, although I think that room is about to get much better as these freshmen emerge this year and they got a good crop of freshmen coming in next year. Okay, let's just, we, maybe we should have done this by, uh, by eliminating the positions you don't think they're going to look at because the fact of the matter well, is if you can find somebody that can help your team, you're going to do it. About the, the strengths of the team next year, I would say, would you, maybe you'd agree, offensive line, running backs, and corner well, cornerbacks. Well, I don't know that I would say that about the offensive line because I'm not sure they're going to have an established tackle going into next year. Sure. Joe Alt will go pro, um, and Blake Fisher is giving consideration to that. So I would say, you know, you have to look at offensive tackle, but running back, they're in good shape. I agree with you there. Um, you know, but, you, man, you just don't know. Guys are coming and going. We don't know who's going to stay and who's going to go. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. that. Yeah, that's kind of up in the air. And Notre Dame has to monitor that kind of thing 20, 12 months a year. Uh, but but we'll see. I, I think we're on the right track, though, with where they're focusing and where they don't necessarily need additional help. Well, you got to be fast on your feet uh, with the transfer portal and then. After this game this week, we're going to start hearing about who's going to transfer out, and then you can really identify those needs, and that transfer portal opens, and the action is fast and furious. The action really never stops, even though the Irish, uh, their regular season will be over. Okay, let's get into some, and, and that means there will still be one bowl, uh, one game left, and that's the bowl. Let's get into some of that bowl calculus. Tim, if Notre Dame defeats Stanford, and we haven't talked about it for a couple weeks, so it's okay for us to do it now. If Notre Dame defeats Stanford, where are they most likely headed? Well, a lot is tied to the Big Ten and and who makes the playoffs there. If two Big Ten teams make the playoffs, uh, Notre Dame would probably, this would contribute to the possibility of Notre Dame playing in the Pop-Tarts Bowl on December 28th. Uh, against a Big 12 team. But we all know Ohio State and Michigan are playing each other this week. There are a bunch of one-loss teams right behind them. So the chances are that one Big 10 team will uh, will, will make the, uh, the playoffs. And if that is the case, then Notre Dame ends up in Orlando. Or I'm sorry, in uh, Tampa playing um, – uh, a team from the SEC, LSU, Tennessee, somebody like that. Wait, 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 wait. LSU, right? <laughs> it's going to be LSU, right? It could. Well, be it could be. Ten- it could be. Ten- it could be Tennessee. Tennessee would be easier to beat. Uh, LSU has a bad defense and a great quarterback, but that great quarterback is very likely to opt out of any kind of bowl game that 
LSU is in. So, uh, I mean, I, the Notre Dame matchup to me, I think, is a neat one. Uh, I want Notre Dame to have that matchup. I think it's uh, as a journalist, that's a great, that's a great story to follow for about a uh, you know three weeks. Uh, but that that's about where it stands. I, I think it's pretty much limited to those two bowls. If they lose to Stanford, uh, I mean they're 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 definitely not going to Tampa. Uh, you know, I don't expect Notre Dame to lose to Stanford though. Yeah, and we'll get more into that later. But I don't think that's going to happen either. But uh, it really looks like January first, probably against LSU. I would say is the most likely possibility or. And that'd be the ReliaQuest Bowl that would kick off at noon on January 1st or the Pop-Tarts Bowl, uh, the old Camping World Bowl, which the Irish have been to before. Uh, now the Pop-Tarts Bowl, 545 on December 28th. And uh, some of the one of the more likely teams for that game would be Oklahoma State, a rematch of the Fiesta Bowl from a couple of years ago. Uh, either place works for me. I think Tampa in January for a couple of days, though, sounds the best. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be something different. Notre Dame's never yeah. played a, a bowl game there. Kansas State would would be a possibility as well in the in the Pop Tarts Bowl. Okay, well let's 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 pull for Tampa. Keep that uh, at the forefront. Uh, uh, Tim, last October's loss to Stanford uh, when ND was a seventeen point favor was a, is remains to this day a real head scratcher. That was a bad Stanford team. So. What role will revenge play for the Irish this year? You wrote about it this week. Is it going to play a role? I have a feeling uh, that it might. Well, I wrote revenge in a headline because I was, I'm being honest here, Phil, because I was trying to get eyeballs to it because, you, you know, when you start talking about the Stanford matchup, I don't think a whole lot of people are uh, excited about Notre Dame playing Stanford. Notre Dame's not really, uh, you know, talking about revenge, but they certainly – they certainly feel like they never in the world should have lost 16 to 14 to Stanford last year. And Stanford has a similar record this year. I think that they're, I think they're a better, I think they're a more dangerous team this year because of the, the, the offense they run. They have a bunch of offense, a, a, a bunch of bells and whistles that, you know, they put two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Both of them can throw the football. Both of them can run the football. So it's a little bit different, a little bit trickier. Uh, but last year, there's just no way in the world that Notre Dame should have lost that football game. And if you remember, Audric Estime broke a long run. And, I mean, it was pretty much going to seal the victory for Notre Dame. And he fumbled. And uh, Stanford came back and won. It so just, um, just devastating last year. It really yep, was. And, yep. and a head scratcher, as I said. And I have a feeling that 16-14 to 14 score, I think, like I said, that's probably been prominent around the uh, football offices and the uh, practices this week. Remember, 16 to 14. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 394th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Sharon McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Sharon McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Sharon McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. 
Sure McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sure McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sheer McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. There are only five FBS teams in the country ranked in the NCAA statistical top 14 for scoring offense and scoring defense. Michigan, Georgia, Oregon, Florida State, and Notre Dame. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Flight by Yingling is the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The 18th ranked Irish are at Stanford and Palo Alto this week. TV coverage on the Pac-12 network starts at 7 p.m. South Bend time. The Pac-12 network is available from most cable providers, or you most likely can find a way to stream it with a free trial. Do your homework, though, now so you aren't scrambling to find it come game time. Again, once again, the Pac-12 Network. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, Vanderbilt, and Premier Pontoons. New and previously owned, we share your boating passion. This season, we are focusing on the best defensive players of the last 20 years. So far this season, we've talked about Harrison Smith, Manti Teo, Jalen Smith, Drew Tranquil, Aloy Gilman, Tavon Coney, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa Kyle Hamilton, Isaiah Foskey, Julian Love, and this week, 2017 to 2021 linebacker Drew White. When Drew Tranquil went down with an ankle injury against Navy in 2018, a number of likely candidates that might replace him came to mind at that moment. But when number 40 entered the game, a bit of a murmur among the ND press corps arose. Not many knew who number 40 was yet. Well, number 40 was unknown redshirt freshman Drew White, who surprisingly got the call. He went on to perform well that day, and from then on, there was never any doubt who number 40 was. At six foot 220, White was a little undersized. Rated a low three-star, he hailed from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. But he broke his ankle and saw no action as a freshman and had only made a few special team appearances his sophomore year when he got the call against Navy. In spite of an off-season skiing accident that kept him out of practice in the spring of 2019, he was an opening day starter in 2019 with Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa and Ashmar Bilal flanking him. All three of them went on to stellar seasons, and White led the way and the team in tackles with 80. In 2020, White again was a key performer as the Irish rolled to the college football playoffs. By that time, he had developed a reputation for extraordinary physical and mental toughness. 
He's a warrior, is how Brian Kelly described him. And defensive coordinator Clark Lee once described White as maniacal on the field. White finished the season again as one of the team's top tacklers. For an encore in 2021, White was elected team captain. He finished the season second only to J.D. Bertrand in tackles. In a key win over Wisconsin, he capped off a flurry of Irish points in the second half with a 45-yard interception pick six. Tim, I remember being down on the field with you early in 2019, and we were focused on White's play. I said I thought he was too small. You told me, no, Phil, he's really good. And I think you were right. Well, he was too small, Phil, but he overcame that. I, you know, to be fair, I had a little inside information on what Notre Dame felt about him. And I remember Chip Long uh, telling Clark Lee, you need to start Drew White before we knew who Drew White was. But he was a, what a great leader, a captain, a warrior, um, you know, a lot like him and J.D. Bertrand are pretty much cut from the same cloth. I mean, just really, really smart, uh, really physical, tough, will do anything they can to to help Notre Dame win a game. I, great deal of respect for Drew White. I, I don't I don't blame you for feeling the way you did. He was not very, very impressive when you stood on the sideline and watched him. But uh, when they snapped the football, Drew White was plenty good. Yeah, it didn't take long for me to be convinced that you were right, by the way. Um, and Drew White was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Washington Commanders after the 2022 NFL Draft, and he is currently on their injured list. Drew White, another Marina Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. Under first-year head coach Troy Taylor, Stanford is 3-8, and eight, and they are the only FBS team to not have a win at home this year. The Cardinals' only common opponent with ND has been USC, who dominated Stanford back in Week 2, 56-10. Interestingly, they have been competitive against some pretty good teams. They were one-point losers to 8-3 Arizona, and they lost to undefeated Washington 42-33, a game in which they trailed by just two points in the fourth quarter. Just two starters returned from the team that upset the Irish last year, but ended the season last year at 3-9. and nine. And they are struggling on both sides of the football. 90th in total offense, 127th in total defense. They give up an eye-popping 36 points per game. Starting quarterback sophomore Ashton Daniels is a 59% passer who has thrown 11 TD passes and 7 interceptions. And he's a runner. He is the Cardinals' leading rusher with 295 yards on the year. Interestingly, backup quarterback Justin Jamison is the team's second leading rusher, and both quarterbacks at times have been on the field together. Stanford's top receiver has been 6'2", 210-pound Elik Iomanner. He's having a big year with 55 catches for 955 yards and 6 TDs. In an overtime win over Colorado, he set a Stanford all-time record with 294 yards on 13 catches, and he had three TDs. Besides struggling to support a consistent ground game, the offensive line has given up 37 sacks, which is 118th in nation. Defensively, Stanford has been middle of the pack against the run, but they are yielding an average of 312 passing yards per game. That is the next worst mark in the country. Tim, on paper, there's just not a lot of positive to say about this football team, but after they upset Notre Dame last year and at Notre Dame Stadium, what has to concern is that they have played well against some really good teams. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? 
They they really have played well on, on occasion, Phil. And you mentioned the the opponents. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, at the end of the day, we we can talk about uh, you know their offense and all the things that they do and this and that. But they are 113th in the country in scoring, and they only complete 55 percent of their passes, which also is 113th. On and on. Uh, you know, I just I mean, in a game like this, you. Uh, the first thing I point to is you can't lose the turnover battle by two or three. That's how you get upset. Uh, I mean, that that's an obvious, but to dig a little bit deeper, I think it's contain the gadgets. And, and we saw some, some gadget plays that wake forest ran, but this goes to an extreme because of the two quarterbacks on the field and the things that they can do with those two quarterbacks. So, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of negative stats here, Phil, but, Let's start with uh, contain the gadgets and, and not let that get out of control. Yeah, that's a good one. Contain the gadgets. Troy Taylor, uh, his offense at Sacramento State last year uh, led the FCS, I think, in 42 points per game. He's really an offensive guy, and he has no reason not to pull out all the stops this week. So, again, contain the gadgets. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Phil, I'm looking at a little bit of symmetry here. In the first game of the season in Dublin, Notre Dame played Navy. And uh, a freshman receiver, Jaden Greathouse, caught two touchdown passes. He started out very fast in, the, the, in September, the August, September, but then had uh, had hamstring issues. But he's back and running, and I think we saw that last Saturday against Wake Forest when he caught a pass and turned the corner and really showed some zip. At, uh, on his 48-yard touchdown pass. So the symmetry is two touchdowns in the opener and two touchdowns in the regular season finale. Okay, there you go. That'd be great for Jaden Greathouse. He is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 22 Indiana locations. Tim, how are the Irish health-wise heading into the season finale? I don't know that anything cropped up from last week's game, Phil. We know that Zeke Corral was out with in concussion protocol. And I, I would anticipate that uh, Ashton Craig starts at center again for the second time. Still waiting for Jaden Thomas to come back from the hand. At this point, it's probably bowl game before we see that. Uh, Rocco Spindler, of course, is out. He suffered the knee injury a couple weeks ago. Gabe Rubio, you know what, Phil, we never... We never did ask Marcus Freeman about Gabe Rubio, but I don't think he played last week uh, against Wake Forest. They need him back uh, for that depth at the defensive tackle position. Without a doubt. And, and another guy who I think we mentioned last week was coming back and did come back, and it was good news, was Matt Salerno back in the lineup. Yes, thank you. Yep. Uh, thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous irishillustrated.com prediction brought to you by SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester Vegas says the Irish by 26 and a half. What does America's foremost authority say? Well, I'm going to go back to those games that you mentioned, Phil. They only lost Arizona by a point. They came back from a 29-point deficit, deficit against Colorado and won that game. Uh, in game eight of the season, they gave number five Washington all they could handle in a 42-33 loss. And inexplicably, they went to Washington State a few weeks ago 
and beat that team 10 to 7 and Washington State's averaging like 40 points a game against everybody other than Stanford. So, you know, it's a little bit tricky, but I, <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, time will run out here on Stanford because of what, uh, largely because of what happened last year. Notre Dame's going to be ready to play. Uh, they have a lot at stake. Ten victories on the season is important to this team, and in order to get to that number, they need a win at Stanford. I, we've gone over the stats and the struggle for Stanford. I think Notre Dame's offense is on the uptick a little bit, and the defense is still really strong. My only question is just how many points are scored with the over-under at 51-and-a-half. I'm bound and determined to pick an over this week, Phil, um, and I'm going to say Notre Dame 40 Stanford 13. Notre Dame 40, Stanford 13. Uh, that is Tim Priester's world-famous irishillustrated.com prediction. And Tim, for my prediction, you know, I expect significant dominance by the Irish in this game on both sides of the line of scrimmage, offensive line, defensive line. And I don't think motivation, which I think has been a problem on the road for the Irish at time, is going to be a problem. The Irish have a bowl game to look forward to. Stanford really has nothing to look forward to. Uh, and judging from past experience, I expect a lot of empty seats in their stadium. So there's not going to be a lot of noise there. It should be easy for Sam Hartman to operate that offense. Notre Dame 41, Stanford 10. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media.